Today's epistle lesson comes from 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 7 through 15. And it reads, Now as you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in utmost eagerness, and in our love for you, so we want you to excel also in this generous undertaking. I do not say this as a command, but I am testing the genuineness of your love against the earnestness of others. For you know the generous act of our, of your Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that by his poverty you might become rich. And in this manner I am giving my advice. It is appropriate for you who began last year not only to do something, but even to desire to do something. Now finish doing it so that your eagerness might may be matched by completing it according to your means. For if the eagerness is there, the gift is acceptable according to what one has, not according to what one does not have. I do not mean that there should be relief for others and pressure on you, but it is a question of a fair balance between your present abundance and their need, so that their abundance may be for your need, in order that they may be a fair balance. As it is written, the one who had much did not have too much, and the one who had little did not have too little. The word of the Lord. You know, my friends, during this 4th of July season and in years past, I can recall several talks with people about life and church affairs. And the most recurring theme of those conversations include money. It is either some people need more money to survive, or the church needs more money to continue effective outreach efforts. Whether we want to accept it or not, my friends, money is one of those life matters that impact us individually and collectively. And it can become a touchy subject in many different circles. Indeed, let us not become confused. The primary goal of the church, more specifically the United Methodist Church, is to make Disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. And we should never hold membership opportunities from people that are not able to give as much as other people. However, equally, we are encouraged to apply our faith journey to discipleship efforts, which challenges us to consistently give our tithes, and add our financial offerings to the ministries of the church. Simply put, my friends, we do not have to condemn ourselves or others for not giving. Rather, let us look within ourselves and challenge ourselves to do great things and become better, especially as it relates to our financial generosity. And in this Second Corinthians text, we can hear Paul exhorting the church to do so. However, he does not 
lay guilt on the hearts or resist commending them for the good that they're doing. In this text or this particular pericope, he commends them for their faith, speech, knowledge, and their utmost eagerness. Then he challenges them to increase their financial generosity to help others where he reminds them of reminds them of the sacrifice of Jesus who thought it not robbery to sacrifice himself for others including the poor simply put my friends Paul encourages the church to find a fair balance between the work they have done the abundance of their riches and the needs of the poor. Of course, this is not to say that the church should not encourage others to be productive. Rather, the church should consistently have an open heart of compassion when it comes to helping those that are less fortunate and those that are marginalized. Indeed, we should first Encourage everyone to accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior while endeavoring to tend to the basic physiological needs of humanity all at the same time. I agree with Abraham Maslow in his 1943 paper, A Theory of Human Motivation, where he argued, and I quote, physiological needs or the physical requirements for human survival. If these requirements are not met, the human body cannot function properly and will ultimately fail. Without them, the other needs cannot follow up, end quote. And four of these physiological needs mentioned in this paper include water, food, clothing, and shelter. Simply put, we cannot expect others to think better, live better, and compassionately serve others if they are not able to properly, if they're not able to properly take care of themselves. Whether we want to accept it or not, but there is a disparity in poverty and the basic health needs of the rich and the poor. Some would say this is the primary difference between the haves and the have-nots. Of course, as believers, this is not to say that we should not encourage others to do the best they can to, to achieve at least a portion of the American dream. Rather, it is a matter of promoting equability for the poor to have access to the basic opportunities of life such as the physiological needs mentioned by Maslow. Our work in faith examples, my brothers and sisters, should, it should inspire us to want the best for all people. Indeed, personal holiness is directly related to social holiness which correlates to the words in Isabel Davis' song that I love so much, and the name of that song is called Jesus, We Love You. And in this song, Isabel uh, sings to the Creator where she says, I quote, You caused your sun to shine on darkest nights. 
for all that you have done, we will pour out our love. This will be our anthem song. The hopeless have found their hope. The orphans have found a home. All that was lost has found its place in you. End quote. I believe all this is made possible whenever we become the effective hands and feet of Jesus in the world. And I'm grateful to God for Central and our willingness to serve others through our outreach dollars as well as our numerous volunteer hours. And I commend us for the great work that we are doing in our broader communities, both locally and internationally. However, I am under the persuasion that we can always do more, especially in our financial giving. Make no mistake, my friends, it takes money to build and sustain effective ministry initiatives that help people in various aspects of their lives. Perhaps individually, we all can do better. Perhaps we can support the initiatives of the United Methodist women who have a long-standing history of supporting outreach efforts in the broader Florence community and beyond. Perhaps... We can give more monies to the Costa Rica Mission Project, to Sakahatchee, to Santahatchee, and other service-oriented opportunities that we support. Perhaps we can support ministries like the Bread Brigade, who tirelessly serve the hungry and homeless every Saturday at the parking lot ministry, and would do so this 4th of July at Susan McGinnis. Susan McGrath's house and the Courtney McGinnis Grimm Community Shelter. Perhaps we can give monies in an inter- to an internal church ministry in honor of someone we, re- we admire or give in memory of someone that has passed away. It is not a matter of mere handouts. Rather, we should become greater in providing handouts. It is not just about politics, but it is about common decency for all humanity. Every day, my friends, we should endeavor to grow in faith among other areas of effectiveness without guilt or shame. And as a church family, we should Commend ourselves as Paul commended the church at Corinth, but not in a haughty manner. Rather, we should commend ourselves and praise the God for helping us to exercise our faith, speech, knowledge, and our utmost eagerness. However, I encourage us to do something greater and also become greater in the area of financial generosity. Let us continue to give financially to our various ministry in our church, and equally I urge each of us to give more as led by the Holy Spirit. And I pray that this 4th of July not only represent Independence Day, but also become a day to give more to others and serve others more, especially 
the poor and the poor at heart. Many have given their lives for freedom. And I think freedom starts with equability and compassion, which both can be linked to financial generosity. And in closing, my friends, let us remember the words of the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. where he said, everybody can be great because anybody can serve. You don't have to have a college degree to serve. You don't have to make your subject and verb agree to serve. You only need a heart full of grace, a soul generated by love. Therefore, my friends, I encourage and challenge us to make our love show even greater in our giving as well as our faith works, both now and forever. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.